Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner, and joining me at the King Power Stadium today is Jordan Blackwell. Good afternoon, Jordan. Afternoon, Rob. Uh, we are down here because Brendan Rodgers has been previewing the trip to Burnley on Saturday, and there's been plenty to discuss with the, uh, the new City boss, as ever. Um, there's no injury news. Everybody's fine. Everybody's fit, except for uh, Danny Amati and Michael Brighton, who have been long-term absentees. But uh, there's been no shortage of uh, topics to discuss, notably the news earlier today that head of recruitment Eduardo Massia is set to lead the club in the coming days. Um, there's been rumours about his um, position well, going back quite some time, isn't it, Jordan, really? When was it, when we first see those rumours that he was going to Bordeaux? It was around October time that they sort of started to crop up and they've been fairly consistent um, since then, so yes. Yeah. We, we knew this was bubbling away under the yeah. surface for a while, haven't we? And I think it was something that probably that Massey's people were probably orchestrating. I don't think he was... Uh, keeping the club in the loop as it were until you know he knew what was going to happen but um, the the club have confirmed it now Massey is moving on do you think that'll impact on Leicester City in terms of their transfer window targets and what they've been up to in terms of strengthening the squad no we don't understand that it will we think that it's um, that Leicester have already decided on a a short list of players that they they want in the summer Um, and it seems like there's an agreement in place that no matter where Massia ends up, if that is at Bordeaux or, or somewhere else, he cannot then target those players. Um, so that gives Leicester City some assurances because obviously Massia has been involved in the in the process of drawing up this um, the, the 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 players uh, shortlist. So um, yeah, that's that's a good thing really. And now it's about trying to find his um, successor. Yeah, there'll be uh, no shortage of applicants, I'm sure. Mm. But uh, one na- name keeps being linked, and that's Lee Congerton, who's worked with Brendan before at Celtic, and uh, I think it was at Chelsea with yeah, him as well. Yeah. So there's a long association there. Um, but uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, it's been, a, it's been a very crucial role at City for a number of years, going back to Steve Walsh. Yeah, it has. Yeah, I think when Steve Walsh... Um, was in charge of recruitment. I think that's when it became clear just how crucial it can be. Um, and I think it said that to the whole of the Premier League as well, that Leicester were able to recruit the likes of Vardy for one million, Mares for a, a, few, a few hundred grand, Kante for five million. Um, so there was, yeah, I think it became clear that having a, a really knowledgeable head of recruitment is, um, you know, can make or break a club. Um, so yes, it does become a key role. I think Rogers will like to have a, a really big say in who does come in. He said today that he would, he is going to have an involvement um, in the process to, to find Massey's successor. Um, and so, if Lee Congerton came in, that wouldn't surprise me. I no. think I think Rogers would probably, obviously, they've worked together before and they seem to get on really well. So I think Rogers would probably be fighting his corner. Um, that then gives Rodgers a little bit more say in where he feels he might need players 
rather than the maybe the club hierarchy dictating to Rogers where they think uh, a club needs players. Um, so it's certainly going to be interesting to see who does come in. But I, I agree with Rogers that I think there will be lots of people interested because they know they'll have money to spend. Um, They've got know, a big team to work with. Yeah, like and a big scouting team. Yeah, big. Um, you know, so they can really you know scour the the world for the best talent. Uh, talking about one of Steve Walsh's greatest ever signings, Jamie Vardy, he's been uh, featured heavily in today's press conference, hasn't he? There's been several questions about Vardy. Obviously, he reached 100 uh, goals for City uh, last week against Fulham, 74 Premier League goals, so he's, he could easily get to the 100 club in terms of the Premier League uh, as well. And he's been quite glowing in his praise for Vardy, talking about him being the catalyst and sparking everything off and being key to how he wants City to play. It looks like Vardy's going to have an integral role. Yeah, and I think Rogers also said that his perception of Vardy has changed slightly since he's come to the club. Because when you you know when you're not here, you only see Vardy from the outside, and you only know him as you know the the, the clinical goal scorer and the you know the the player that chases down defenders, and uh, and that's the Vardy you know. But Rodgers has said well, actually tactically he's really good. Uh, he, you know he's got a really good understanding of the game. He's um, works extremely hard in training. So Rodgers is learning a little bit more about him by working with him, and I think it's clear. He really likes what he sees of Vardy, you know, in, in a one-to-one um, basis. So yes, it seems Vardy is going to be the man for Leicester. As to be honest, as he has been for what three or four seasons. Yeah, absolutely. But and they haven't got a massive amount of experience in this squad. I mean, Vardy's one of them at thirty-two. Uh, the squad predominantly is made up of the younger players, and there's a quite a large number of them. They're getting international call-ups now, and I know it's Ben Chilwell and Harry Maguire in the senior squad, but the under-21 squad, England under-21 squad's been. And out today, and that's got quite a, a few Leicester lads in. Yeah, four, uh, which is always nice to see. I think, but you know, particularly for the under twenty ones. So it's um, Madison and Gray. We're not particularly surprised that they're in. They're, they've been regulars there. Barnes is in as well after his um, recent good form. Uh, and Chowdhury's been called up again. He played a little bit at the Toulon tournament last summer, but has not been included since. Um, so yeah, it's nice to see him involved as well. So England under twenty ones could maybe even start with a. A four-man midfield made up of just Leicester players, which would be interesting to see. Well, let's start on, on Chowdhury, because I know there's a lot of City fans that contact us going, where's Chowdhury, where's Chowdhury? They want to see more of him. He's obviously really impressed them in the performances that he's put in this season um, under Claude Puel, mostly around Christmas and into the new year when he featured a lot more. We haven't seen a lot of him uh, lately. What did uh, Brendan have to say about Chowdhury today? Well, he said essentially what a lot of City fans know, that he's got... Massive potential. He's extremely good at covering the ground and uh, breaking up play. Um, obviously, he's not had a chance to have an appearance under under Rogers yet. Um, but he says that with a bit of time and with a bit of patience, that that will come. Um, but I think it's I can see why fans might be disappointed because I think he he makes himself known when he's on the pitch. Chadwick, one, it's hard to miss him with his yeah. hair, um, but. I have so much hair envy with him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not one of those defensive midfielders that, you know, kind of does work, that goes under the radar. He's a, very much an in-your-face defensive midfielder. He's going to make the crunching tackles. Um, and I think that's why he's had such a big impact. But I think with the way Leicester are now playing, there's an appreciation that Leicester need a bit more forward thrust from that central midfield, which is why Tielemans is playing so often. And I think the only real way that Chowdhury's going to get in 
is if Ndidi gets injured or suspended and they need someone in there that can can make the tackles. So yeah, I can see why I can see why he's not been playing as much recently, but I can also see why fans want to see him more play more regularly. Now James Madison's in the twenty ones has been uh, in a, involved in a senior squad in the past without getting his first cap. Um, there's a lot of people saying, well, look at his stats: eighty one uh, key passes. Um, that have led to goal scoring opportunities as the highest in the top five leagues across Europe. But are you surprised that he's not in the England senior squad? Or is, I mean, Brendan said his time will come, and I yeah. accept that. But is he up there as one of the elite English midfielders at the moment? Uh, yes, I would say he is. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm surprised that he's been left out because I think Southgate obviously has an appreciation for the players that have, you know. He's worked with before and and have played well for him before, um, but I would say I think he des- Madison deserved to be in the squad. Mm. You know, if you look at all, all of the statistics in terms of, um, you know, in terms of creating chances, as you said, in terms of you know progressive passing, um, he is one of the best Englishmen at that. Mm. Um, so you would have thought he wouldn't. You know, it's a good time to get him in, into the squad. I don't really know why. England need three right backs and three left backs in a squad. That seems excessive to me because you have brought him in for one of those. They've got seven midfielders, I think, but five of them you would say are more defensive-minded or all-rounders. There's only really Deli Ali and Ross Barkley of the, the central midfielders that you would say, oh, they're forward-thinking. Um, and I would argue that although Barkley has obviously been a key player in the past, Madison's played more regularly than Barkley this season uh, and particularly recently. And his, you know, his statistics say that he's performing better than Barkley. Um, so yeah, it does strike me as, as slightly odd. But maybe it's an appreciation that come the summer they're going to want Madison in the under twenty one squad for the under twenty one Euros. That's probably a slightly bigger tournament than the um, than the Nations Cup that the England senior team are playing in. Um, so maybe it's just a case of keeping him in the under twenty ones until that tournament's over, and then they'll get him in the first team from there. I think that he's just found out that the Premier League, how tough it is. He had a great start to his time at City. He's got six assists, five goals, but he hasn't scored since December the 5th. And I just think there's been a little tail off in his performances for City um, over the last few months. But I think with Brendan in now, I think we're going to start seeing um, a different side. I think we're going to start seeing Madison taking another step forwards in his career. And uh, I think the... Um, that England cap won't be too far away, that first senior England cap. But I think you're right. I think there's a plan there to have him involved in the 21s. I, th- I, th- I think they they were going to have a right go-go at the uh, winning the European Championships this uh, this summer in Italy. And uh, they see him as an integral part of that. Um, but how about Harvey Barnes? I mean, fantastic um, for him as well to be involved. He's really having, um, well, a bit of a, a breakthrough moment in his career at the moment. Yeah, and I, I hope he, he starts as well. I hope that, well, I, I think that he's done enough to... Um you know to to feature regularly um so yes it, you know that would be really good for him i think it sort of almost solidifies that he is playing well it's a you know it's a recognition that you are you're doing the right thing which i know it's not although Barnes has you know we agree Barnes has done very well obviously with that he's not scored and you know whether that's playing on his mind a little bit we don't know but you know to for to still get an england under 21 call up says that yes you are doing the right thing i think lots of leicester fans would uh, will be happy to to see him there. But just going back to Madison a second, I think mm. I was slightly surprised that lots of Leicester fans 
agreed that Southgate shouldn't have called him up. Agreed with Southgate. Um, I thought that you know normally most Leicester fans were would be all for you know Leicester players getting in the England squad and would always fight the corner. But actually, the, the, the mess, a lot of the message I, messages I saw were saying no. I don't think he, he don't think Madison does deserve to be in there. Um, so I think there's a lot more expected of Madison. Yeah, maybe you're right, right in the yeah. fact that he's maybe tailed off a little bit over Christmas. Um, maybe that's why it's uh, you know that's maybe affected him. But yes, yeah, certainly. Four players in the England under twenty one squad is well, I really think good. Poor results can um, also change that perception of, of certain players, can't it? When the results aren't coming, um, especially if they're players that I wouldn't say are luxury players, but they're more um, easy on the eye players. Yeah. They're not the ones that roll the sleeves up and go sliding into tackles and you know seem to want to dig the, the team out of a hole. Madison's more of a cultured player, isn't he? And I think sometimes when results don't go your way, the perception is that you know they're off form and uh, they're not performing. But um, I think just people forget how young he is and how this is his first season in the Premier League, and he's still learning, learning in the deep end in many respects. I know he scored a lot of goals in the Championship last season, but I've watched a fair bit of Championship football over the last couple of weeks, and the standard between the two divisions is the gulf is enormous. Um, so I think he's done really well this season. He should be pretty pleased with what he's done this season. But I think now with Brendan, he should be looking to take. The next step. Now, whilst all the international players are away on international duty, um, City will be training here, but they'll also be going out to Thailand. It's the cremation of Kumvi Chai, chairman who lost his life in that ter- terrible helicopter crash in October outside uh, this very ground as we speak. Um, but they're going to be out there for about four or five days. I think it's important that those players go and show their respects. Don't you think, Jordan? Yeah, I think it's right. I know they, they obviously all went over. Um for the funeral uh, in November, hmm. you know, and I think that was the right thing to do. But uh, not only is it the right thing to do, I think it's something that they want to do yeah. because of because of that connection that they had with um, with Kumvishai. Um, I don't think they would want to miss it, and obviously, with it being an international break, it you know it helps and it makes it sort of easier logistically. Um, so yes, yeah, so obviously, Brendan, the staff, and then because of the players that are not involved in international. Um, in the international break it will be a lot of the title winners that are still at the club um, that will be going over so um, yeah I think that's important and I think it's um, you know, a nice show of solidarity between the the, the, the players and staff and um, the rest of the Comfy Show's family It will also help Brendan and his backroom team get to know the players a bit yeah. more in that sort of environment because we're going to be locked away with them sharing meals and you know, sharing the same hotel with them for a few days so it will be a benefit as well but also be a great show of support for uh, Top as well when they uh, pay their respects to his late father. Uh, Burnley, now, it's always been a bit of a tough one going up there, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I remember the uh, championship game when Chris Wood and Vardy scored, and that was a, a great day, but I can't remember too many of the positive results at Turf Moor over the years. No, they had, they had, the, um, they had the one at the, in the Great Escape, didn't they, where Matt Taylor missed a penalty and then Leicester oh, went yeah. down the other end and scored. Uh, but actually, yeah, it's not been... Certainly, since then, it's not been all that great. Always been a difficult ground. Hasn't yeah, it? you just get the sense that Sean Dyche has always had the better of Leicester. Um, that's certainly the sense I've had. Um, and I think the slight worry is that we're at that point in the season now where we are in the running, and this is usually the point where the relegation battlers start to get one over the mid-table sides because they've got more to play for. Mm. You know, as simple as that. Um, so that's my that's my concern that you know, looking at Burnley's fixtures, they will think, oh, a home te- a home game against the mid-table club is one of the games we've absolutely got to win to to 
get clear of relegation. So there's a lot on it for them. For Leicester, obviously they're not going to be in the relegation battle now, particularly after the win over Fulham. Um, seventh, I know it's been spoken about today. I think seventh is slightly too far away. I think that will that will go to one of Wolves or Watford. Um, so yeah, it's that. It's, it's, Rogers' task is going to be motivating the players to to make sure that Burnley just don't walk over them because they've got that extra motivation. Um, so it's certainly going to be interesting, but hopefully they'll, um, they'll get their first away point under the new manager. And they know each other very well, don't they, Rogers and Dyche, because they worked yeah. together at Watford when Rogers was a young manager starting out. Uh, first job in charge was at uh, Watford when Dyche was... Uh, was he in the academy or the... Yes, yeah, he was managing yeah, the academy, yeah. Um, and then Dyche ended up taking over... Um, the main role from Rogers. So yeah, so it's clearly they they know each other. So yes, hopefully it'll be a a good tactical battle. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully not too good of a one that is. Well, the tactics are normally pretty, real, but the tactics are normally pretty straightforward. When you play Burnley. So <laughs> oh, yeah. they're, not, they're not the, the most. It's not like playing against Pep. Is it? No, but, no. Uh, but still equally effective. Um, now you mentioned seventh there, and the reason seventh was mentioned and has been mentioned a lot is because um, Brendan and he said it again today. European football is the target. And now the reason that brings back memories for City fans is because today is also the second anniversary of the uh, Seville game here at King Power Stadium when Leicester City made history by reaching the uh, the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Now, that was an astonishing mm. night, a great night to reflect on. And uh, I've seen a lot of stuff on social media about little bits of video and people recalling that day. Where were you, Jordan, at the time? Uh, I was in the stands with me and my dad. Um watching as a fan uh, and yeah I agree I think it's probably obviously the the title winning season is brilliant but it because it's extended over a season um, there's lots of little highlights mm. as one individual game I'm not sure this that can really be beaten that severe win that was an amazing night the, the atmosphere before the, atmosphere, the game yeah. the um, slip the dogs of war banner in, yes, the, in yeah. the cup and, and the the fox's eyes in the uh, family stand it was um, it was just a fantastic atmosphere and yeah. I, I, I can see every every City fan was dream of those days coming back and Rogers talks so positively about European football he makes you believe it. It, it could be possible that they could have another night like that yeah and also he says he's open to it this season if they get there it's not a case of oh we don't really want to be in the Europa League this season because if we get 7th we'll look at Burnley they had a terrible time yeah. at the start of the season yeah and you know, and he, and he did admit that those sorts of things can affect you having to come back for pre-season in the middle of June and you start playing competitive fixtures in the middle of July um, you know that can you know that can be a problem um, he said particularly if you then you go through those qualifying rounds but you don't actually make it you know it can you know be a bit of a downer and it can start your season off on the wrong foot but he says if Leicester do happen to, to finish there, he didn't sound totally confident to me that they would get there this season. But if they do finish there, then he said he would he would accept that with open arms and they would they would go all out for it. So I think yes, that's great. I think there's there's obviously certain um, downsides to being involved in the Europa League qualifying rounds. But I think every fan wants to be back in Europe. I think those those nights were so good that you know even if it's even if it's not severe in Atletico Madrid, say it's you know some random team from Romania or, or Austria or wherever, I think fans will still you know enjoy it as much. Um, and to be honest, if they want to get back into the Champions League, winning the Europa League is probably an easier route than, yeah. than breaking into the top four. So um, 
Yes, I, I would certainly welcome any kind of European campaign. Yeah, thinking about, I'm just thinking of that Stephen and Zonzi penalty that Schmeichel saved, <laughs> and then the, the Sammy, the bizarre Sammy Nasri red card with Vardy, it was a headbutt. Or, what on earth he was thinking of there. And the fact that Vicente Abora was captain, captain yeah. of uh, Seville that night. Yeah, great memories. So enjoy those. We will have to, uh, we've got some stories on Leicestershire Live reflecting on that night and all the, the breakout stories from today's press conference. Jordan will be with me at Turf Moor uh, as we step back in time. It always <laughs> feels like we're going back to the heart, heartlands of, uh, of Lancashire when we go up there. And uh, you'll be doing a live blog, won't you, throughout the afternoon yes. so City fans can uh, keep up to date with everything that's happening at Turf Moor. Thank you for joining us on Dilly Ding Dilly Dong and we'll see you again next time.